Today on King Me, we examine a film that speaks an unassailable truth, that at the heart of every child is the unquenchable lust to be the meaner version of Amish. (laughs) In their worlds, adults are not allowed to live. We're talking about Children of the Corn. Welcome to King Me. King Me. King Me, baby. <laughs> I am Dan Gagliardi. I'm Rob Avon. And joining us today, we have... What's this? A what? A guest? A what? It's... it's, uh, it's uh, he's, a, he's a writer for Rift Tracks, and his name is Sean Thomason. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys. Oh, hey, thank Dan. God hey, he's bro. still there. <laughs> <laughs> what you didn't hear was that I fucked up the intro, so... <laughs> I mean, Sean, you heard that. The listener didn't hear that. So we didn't know if you were going to hang around or totally abandon us. So I considered leaving. You you would have been right. Pulled it out immediately. <laughs> so Children of the Corn. Ah, yes. 19... 19- Stephen King's Children of the Corn. <laughs> was this... Um, I couldn't help noticing that the production company on this mm-hmm. was Gatlin Productions. Is that Stephen King's production company? Uh, I don't know. Oh, well, moving on then. Yeah, moving right on from that. <laughs> I don't know. Sean, I, can you speak to this? Uh, that's a good question. Gatlin is the name of the town in Children of the Corn. Right. Uh, Gatlin, Nebraska. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if, if it's Kings or not. Hmm. Yeah, there's, a, there's a theory that all of the really bad Stephen King movies say, like, nobody wants to put their name above it. So it's Stephen King's whatever this is. To dis- sort of like a human shield. Well, uh, <laughs> more to it's more to sell the movie. Oh, okay. Because like, <laughs> like you could put Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Mm. You know, John Carpenter's Christine. You can't say like they should Fritz Kirsch's. <laughs> you, you can't because I I looked at his IMDb page. I don't think he directed anything after like 1996. That's actually like a weird consistency among all the people who worked on this movie. Yeah, no one worked after the mid 90s. <laughs> that's um that's a good strategy though. They should absolutely consider uh like renaming this Stanley Kubrick's Children of the Corn. <laughs> So, better way to honor his legacy. Yeah, just uh, start it, rebranding all movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was one of those one for them, one for me things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sean, what's uh, what's your relationship with this movie? Sure. Uh, well, it was on uh, like a lot of movies that made a big impression on me. It was on TBS a lot when I was in ah, high very school. funny, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, I think uh, maybe because it's really despite being a horror movie, it's really not that gory for the most part. So they were able to show most of it, I, I guess. That's, and I'm sure it was very cheap. Um, so they showed it a lot. But uh, I really got into it later in high school. My uh, my best friend in my hometown, we would go to a local video store and, you know, rent whatever horror movies looked good. And it started out as like a way to, you know, oh, we like horror movies. We like being scared. But eventually it kind of turned into, you know, making fun of them. And uh, and I feel like Children of the Corn was a major turning point in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, Rob, I think Rob and I have the same movie for that. There is like that's like a real um, that's a Gentile bar mitzvah. I think <laughs> just realizing that horror movies don't have to be scary. Right. Uh, we are huge fans of Silver Bullet. Love Silver Bullet. I haven't seen Silver Bullet. Oh. I, I know you guys are fans from other episodes, but I haven't. Uh, I, I heard hold, you mention. It. I haven't. Hold, seen hold on it. a second, Sean. Did you listen to other episodes? 
I mean, I might have checked it out. So, <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> Thank you. Am I the first? I'm the first guest, right? I'm You're the, you first the first listener, first yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are the first guest. Um, I, I wear a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, this is um this is actually something I saw later in life. Tragically, I think when I was younger, the one like so many movies that I saw on TV for the first time, I just called the climax of the movie. Yeah. Uh, when what's his name? Oh man, help me out. Not Malachi. Malachi. No, not Malachi. Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, Isaac yeah. emerges with his uh shocking white hair. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he "Wants you too, bro." <laughs> I believe is the line. I think that was exactly it. Yeah. He said, "I just got my makeup done by a high school drama teacher," and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> um. So should we just get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Let's, let's dive right in. Uh, let's start with uh, first kill. First kill, yeah. The for, our first segment, yeah. First kill, um, first kill. The old people sitting at the the table, mm-hmm. choking on the coffee. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, which I was um, in my research. I found a website which I wish I could remember the URL for, but they've like cataloged every on screen horror movie death. Ah, oh. it's a great resource, and uh, maybe I'll share. But <laughs> <laughs> um. I think it said that was like a pesticide or something that was in the coffee. Okay. Which, I mean, this being a very corn-centric film, I mean, after all, it is called Corn Kids. Right. Uh, (laughs) It it does make sense that it would be pesticides. Yeah. Well, we know know that the the town is experiencing a corn drought because it says so on the sign at the church. A thing that has never happened in the United States. Right. Corn drought and the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. And despite that corn drought, there is a shitload of corn around. <laughs> and there's a handful of children, and not to spoil the premise of the film for anyone who doesn't know, but this handful of children who are running the town keep it all going somehow. Like, And, and Sean, we will bleep that spoiler. Um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. No one will ever hear it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I I was like, okay, so maybe either of you guys can clear this up for me. There's a there's something in the movie called corn a hall. A what now? Corn a hall. What is? Oh yes, the yes. stuff in the yeah I, silos or whatever. It, right. It's yeah. like a yeah. It's like an ethanol made from the corn. Oh, that was way less exciting and funny than I would have hoped. Oh. <laughs> what what were you hoping for? I don't know. Some sort of uh, a moonshot demon juice. Hold on, hold on. You put popcorn in your engine. No, I, gotta, <laughs> I thought I had something. I didn't have anything. No, no, go on. Oh God. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's uh, let's stick on let's stick on the first kill. This yeah. is Sean. We're trying to introduce segments because our actual one listener uh, contacted me directly. Love segments. Love segments. She demanded segments, so we're beholden to our one fan. That's for you. Um. Although maybe now we can use you as leverage. It sounds like you've heard an episode. You know, yeah. double down, and, and and I like segments too, so I'm with I'm with her. Oh, great! Son of a, <laughs> a coup d'état, methinks. <laughs> we talked. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's talk about that first scene. Did uh, did either of you feel anything? <laughs> <laughs> Not a damn thing. It was so for the voiceover from that child. Oh, oh. my god! Yeah, um, little Joby, little child actor. Joby cliche joby yeah 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 it was if you haven't seen the movie um i didn't pull a clip so i'll i'll be happy to just go uh hi i'm joby and this is a story about my town like that's kind of the tone yeah, it, of, yeah. of this horror movie voiceover yeah 
it starts. Child... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was just gonna say, and it's just like he's so, he's so like a kid from a '50s Archie comic book, like the <laughs> yes. way that he is, like with his little bow tie and his Sunday, and he's like, oh, oh. boy. And they... It's like I know. In the 80s, people got confused about whether it was the 50s or not. But <laughs> No, but, it was just Nebraska. Just Nebraska, I guess so. I, yeah, this their idea of it's like, ah, he's kind of like he's still in the 50s, I guess. Yeah, well, Stephen King is like a real uh, stinker in terms of elitism. Like oh, we, yeah. we have a segment coming up uh, called Townie Profile where we'll profile the townie. And there's like it seems like there's one in every movie. Uh, but also, these two characters kind of make themselves very unredeeming from the get-go by uh, just, like, acting like they're way better than the preacher on the radio that they're listening to. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, yeah I did not like either of these people. Yeah, they're very... Especially him. He's awful. He's I know. the fucking worst. Bert. <laughs> so bad. Bert. Uh, I was yeah. Peter Horton. Ugh. Yeah. Of 30-something? Yeah. Uh, a show my parents watched when I was playing in the room, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was popular for a while. <laughs> I was uh, I was going to make a joke because I looked at his IMDb page and say that you might know him as uh, from the TV show serial as inmate number yeah. four. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, yeah, an illustrious career. You also might know him from the volleyball movie Side Out. What? Oh, yeah. A I volleyball know. movie? Yeah. He's like, he's a... He's like a rebel, and he plays volleyball. <laughs> Sean, have you seen this movie? I, I've never heard of Side Out. Oh, oh my it's, god, it's a it's a real stinker. <laughs> um, did Stephen King make it? No, great. But it is called Stephen King's. Side <laughs> Stephen <Out>. King's. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he wanted to dabble in in beach volleyball, <laughs> the horrors. He saw Top Gun, and he got into it. <laughs> um. So yeah, the, that whole opening scene. Was just was murder like, in the diner. Yeah, Mur- yeah. We so that's when we first get our our, our glimpse at first Malachi. Oh, that's playing, like proto Malachi. Yeah, that's like when you pinball. see the cover of the first Bowie album and yeah. he's just like wearing he's not a quite suit. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hasn't gone full tilt, Malachi. Yeah. He's wearing yeah. jeans, which he doesn't really. He's not into it. <laughs> yeah, he's playing a pinball machine, which is certainly against. Yeah, he. That he in. Oh my god, yeah, he uh he really he's really putting himself on the line as an agent of change. <laughs> um and then we see uh Isaac through little, the window. Uh, that and somehow none creep. of them notice him. He's just it's like, hey, he's right outside the window. He's staring at them with like clearly an evil look on his face that says, Hey, I've poisoned you. <laughs> and an evil hat. Yeah. And an evil hat. His hat is evil. Hey, does anybody notice that little boy who looks like an old woman outside? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I looked up. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, no, no. You. Oh man, this is gonna be the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Us conceding to each other. No, I was just gonna say I looked up his IMDb page and he looks younger now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's aged. Uh, it's not that he's aged very well. It's just he got born very poorly. I think. Yeah, yeah I thought he had like you know yeah that, progeria yeah progeria yeah. right. I thought he was actually like a uh, like a child. But he just looks like a sixty-year-old man. Mm. That thing. Going oh, on. okay, yeah. But no, that's he's just a boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a wee boy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically, to make a long story short, <laughs> and you're gonna laugh. All of the adults in the town die. 
Right. The kids murder <laughs> all <laughing>. of them. <laughs> I, I think we were all slapping knees on that one. It's great. Oh, it was great. And what I love is uh, J- <clears throat> Job, who, by the way, his parents named him Job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like all the other kids in the town, they like adopt these biblical names. But nope, he's just Lil Joby. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is going to come up for me later on. In our okay, segment, right. who is the real villain? Here? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm so tempted to pursue that line of conversation, but no, 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 no. Yeah. So uh, from there, we move on to uh, we meet our I get for lack of a better term, heroes. Yeah, because they're both garbage people. <laughs> um, right, Peter Horton and Linda, Linda Hamilton. Yes, I was. Sh- I've seen this movie before, and I completely forgot that Lim- Linda Hamilton is in this movie. I. Don't know her for much besides the Terminator movies. Well, yeah. Um, Good reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, like, I I was so shocked to see her playing, like, this weak, passive role. Yeah. yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. It's so... And yeah, I, yeah, I guess she's, she's kind of terrible, but it's really that he's terrible for the most part, isn't it? I mean, I feel like he's a real bully, and, like, she, you know, it's all the classic, you know, she doesn't want to go there but they go there anyway and and you know she just wants to get married it's like all these (laughs) yeah maybe this movie is set in the 50s (laughs) yeah can you just hurry up and put a baby in me please but it is like it is a uh megan and don draper kind of relationship (laughs) to wit i Ah. have a clip oh um the first scene you see um as as Peter Horton will do time and time again, he establishes that he is a, a doctor and that is like his his profession, and he's very excited. Mm. Um, and she, to celebrate this, performs a little song and dance number, and it goes a little something like this. Oh wait, it's way too low. A one, a two. Now, this clip... Now, I know Linda Hamilton from the Terminator movies. Like, especially Terminator 2, which is... It still is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh Uh-huh. And she's doing this dance number here. Now, (laughs) I would would like to uh, note... That this is still happening. <laughs> We've been talking about it. Oh, we had a bit of a technical hiccup, but I think we're okay now. Yeah. I mean, they had fun. It goes on for the whole length of that song. Yeah. So yeah, a weird song that she found. Yeah, like a, a song that I'm sure she had to learn for the movie. Right. That's all I could think the whole time was yeah. this. Is I've never heard this song before. <laughs> a truly deep cut. <laughs> The most affordable song that sounds like an oldie, but isn't really like an oldie that anybody... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I wondered watching this scene again if this... I, I didn't check if this came out before or after the big chill. Which, <laughs> all boomers dancing to 50s songs. Well, it's... <laughs> they were, they so were trying weird. to capitalize on that. What's so weird right. is they were like... like I feel like they must have looked at the budget for Christine and been like, oh, we can't do that. There's too many hit songs. <laughs> Yeah. We, yeah, we really we can't. Yeah, we we uh, we blew our wad on, on corn. <laughs> <laughs> we spent our whole budget planting corn. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that. That's like all I really. I just 
wanted yeah, so everyone to share in my misery. That's our introduction to our heroes, like you said. <laughs> yeah, like that's supposed to make you like them and believe that they're in love. And it's like the most forced like it's like the room scenes where they're trying yes. to convince you that Tommy Wiseau and Lisa are in love. It's just like these two people can barely even look at each other. Jeez, like I know. Like I was watching this and wondering if Lim- Linda Hamilton was gay because she seems so <laughs> unpleased to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and comparing it to the Sarah Connor character really draws it. It's just like, yeah, she seems like she should be like a tough woman. That yeah, does seem like, right. she don't need no man. Which Terminator yeah, came out the same year. Yeah, just uh, later uh, on in the year. Oh man, <laughs> it's a real up and down for her. Yeah. Um, do you think anyone went to see the Terminator on the strength of Corn Kids? Yeah, they were like, oh, that Lynn. I liked her in that Corn <laughs> movie. Sure. She did great with children. I'd like to see what she does with robots. Yeah. I wonder if she's going to have another dance number in this one. Right. That was the main draw. Yeah. I love her voice. <laughs> so, um, basically what happens next is that they hit a dummy with their car. <laughs> yeah. They they spend way too long driving through Nebraska. Without a map. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and making snarky comments about the radio station, which they refuse to change the channel by the way they turn it off and on that's it yeah (laughs) yeah he's really neglecting that second knob yeah yeah and uh again they couldn't afford any of the songs that would have been on that other station yeah they could only (laughs) afford am radio (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah they uh these these kids are our original joby our voiceover kid from the beginning him and his sister and another older boy are trying to escape and the older boy says, "You stay here. I I'll never make it without with you guys tagging along." And he gets and he gets stabbed, and then they run him right over. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a comedy of errors. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the first big laughs in the movie. <laughs> and and I did laugh. Yeah. Um. It it's reminiscent of in Jurassic World when that woman keeps getting torn apart by dinosaurs. <laughs> like to have that little boy die twice seemed a bit excessive. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. Stephen King hates children. I think. No, well, I, I have I have theories about Stephen King. Stephen King, like for as much as he seems to hate them, always involves them. They're always involved. Yeah, like, yeah. but and he's a huge fan of platonic man boy relationships. <laughs> yeah, which definitely shows up here. Oh man, yeah. But this is like borderline parental, which I think was a. Uh, a real misstep for him <laughs> instead of like the apt pupil kind of direction yeah oh man i can't wait to do apt pupil <laughs> um focus on the present um yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah and i wasn't clear to me if it was because it's like the kid is standing in the middle of the road so weirdly <laughs> it's like they cut his throat and then he really did cause, like stump all right I'm going to stumble into the middle of this road and stand with a creepy expression on my face. Or was it that they pushed him out there, you know, after they cut his throat? And why would they do that? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's either like way, he, he was on his feet too long for a kid, a child who just got his throat slit. That's right? fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walking around, like walking way too far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like I, you half expected him to get back up, and he did for a second <laughs> in that dream sequence. Her little dream, which, by the way, I don't. If, if we're skipping ahead here, but Please. yeah, she. How did she fall asleep and have that dream? Because <laughs> oh, like 
he gets out of the car to go look at the kid. <laughs> After like five minutes of talking to her, he decides he should go look at the thing they hit. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but then like he's he's barely gone, and I guess she was so relaxed. Yeah, yeah. she just kind of nodded off, grabbed some Z's real quick. Yeah, I just assumed she was exhausted because she spent the night practicing that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a procrastinator. Yeah. Sort. Um. Yeah, no, I I wondered the same thing. She because she went from and this is like a problem I feel throughout the movie is that characters go from very concerned about things to not very concerned about things at the drop of a hat. Yeah, it swings so far. Very William, <laughs> extremely Nilium. <laughs> um, yeah. So I actually I believe I have a clip from after they hit him and they go to check him out. It it cracked me up because of how kind of bad the acting is. Come on, buddy. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Is he... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Could you hear that, Sean? Uh, barely. Ah, yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) i can't recap it but well i guess i have to (laughs) um yeah so it's the part where he goes to check on the kid because he's a doctor yeah (laughs) well he's about to be a doctor he's he's on his way to starting his internship he's had four years of medical school and i don't know i I still don't quite understand how that whole process works but from what i know that's not really all all he seems to remember is that blood coagulates after four minutes (laughs) that's right um yeah he can't like i he can't guess that a kid is about to be dead based on him lying motionless on the road. Right, after really running him over. Well, damn it, I'm not a pediatrician. <laughs> um, this is a Nebraskan kid. You know how these hayseeds are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're tougher than us, like, Seattle-loving people. <laughs> these corn-fed kids, they're built like brick walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, that whole thing happens, and then they um, they go to... Yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> well, they throw him in the trunk, yeah. like you do. <laughs> yeah, and... He's in the trunk the whole, the whole movie. movie, right? That's yeah, all I could right. think about at the end when they're leaning on the car making out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dead kid in the dead, trunk, right? Yeah. You don't smell that? <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and, he, and he's in there with his golf clubs, which they mentioned at one point. <laughs> That's right. Driving but they, they're driving around, and they, he takes a turn, I think, in a cornfield, and and, uh, and you hear a loud thump. And it's obviously the kid's corpse, and he goes, "Ah, it's probably just my golf." He's <laughs> <laughs> so like blase. Not, yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, as a as a soon to be doctor, you kind of have to uh, right you desensitize to, yourself, right, separate your emotions from the situation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. um, but I mean, to to that point, let's talk about the fact that they're moving to Seattle with nothing but his golf clubs and a dead boy. <laughs> 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 that doesn't seem like a, a viable long-term strategy. What it's a are you weird gonna... way to launch a family practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like it's sending the wrong message, maybe. I'm new in town. I only have this dead boy with me. Where, where do I go to meet people? <laughs> that should be corn kids, too. It's just like following this guy's kind of like uh, his like coming of age as a doctor. He's just like I show. I rolled into Seattle with nothing but my nine iron and my nine year old. <laughs> Very good, Sean. You can't see, but I did not have that written down. 
I actually didn't, but yeah. So basically, I, I feel like we can probably get to our townie profile. Yes, uh, I have a I have a little write up about him in yeah. the style oh, of uh, please. <clears throat> Deal, played by R.G. Armstrong, is a mechanic and gas station owner who does not fix cars or sell gasoline. He, his best friend and only friend is his mechanic's apprentice and dog, Sarge, which explains why he's so bad at talking to people. Because he just, he really dismisses them outright. Yeah, he's like, get away, get out of my face. Yeah, very nasty fella. He wears a yellow hat, which matches the bandana worn by Sarge. He is possibly trying to escape Gatlin. And Deal seems to have struck a deal with the corn kids and the corn monster. He and Sarge are nonetheless murdered, although it's unclear as to why. Yeah, our our poor townie. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. He followed the rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah he, we he, were talking about that before we called you. Like, was... Because he says as much. He says, I held up my end of the bargain. Right. To the cloud. Right. <laughs> that That evil... Demon cloud. That nasty, nasty cloud. <laughs> yeah, and I, there seems to be... First off, there's no explanation as to why he has this agreement with the corn kids. Why the corn kids allowed him to live. Well, he's like five miles outside of town. So what, though? <laughs> like, yeah, toward, toward the end, they say something about him providing them gas and oil. Uh, but he doesn't sell gas. <laughs> or oil so, and he makes that very clear and also it seems like it's a key part of i guess what they would have hired him for and let him live for is to send people away from gatlin but it's like i feel like that's the only mechanism they've set up to and maybe we'll get into this more later but that they've set up to like keep people away from discovering what they've done but so their whole plan hinges on people stopping at this gas station that doesn't sell gas and having him go i wouldn't go to gatlin uh, yeah. yeah, so right off the bat, it's like, I can't. You don't have gas for me. Right. right. <laughs> There's a huge flaw in the plan. And then driving, they're like, okay, let's not go to Gatlin. We should definitely avoid that town. And it's impossible to avoid? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I didn't understand. I thought maybe his role was to, like, bait people into going, but then why drop the whole line about don't go there? Right. Exactly. And then they have to have all these convoluted signs uh directing people when they could have just if you're gonna if you're gonna hire deal you know just have him send him straight to gallon I, I don't understand or was it in trouble because this was the one time they wanted the people to come but there's no way he could have known that right yeah like he doesn't seem to have any kind of relationship with them beyond being murdered by them <laughs> yeah which frankly not much of a relationship yeah. at all that's no partnership and <laughs> honestly the saddest part is that poor dog? Oh, that poor, poor dog. That beautiful yeah. dog? Yeah. Oh, what an angel. Beautiful dog. And a beautiful bandana. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Blood soaked bandana. Um, I do, when we talk about townies, I like to take note of the quaintest thing that the townie says. Uh, what is it? <clears throat> it's when he's describing that car that he's not fixing. Uh huh. And he says, ain't worth a damn. Uh, and he also says that it would, quote, blow over in a fart. <laughs> So <laughs> that's uh, that is extremely towny. Yeah, Blow over in a fort. <laughs> yeah, ding. All that's, right, <laughs> that was the spittoon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess next they roll into Gatlin. They roll into a, a completely deserted town. Yeah, 
And yeah. they're like, we better investigate most of the buildings. Yeah. yeah if you Let's spend a lot of time here. If you drove through a complete oh, a town with absolutely no one around, would you ever stop? Like, passing through. And corn, <laughs> like, they get out and they go into the coffee shop and there's just corn husks and, like, <laughs> stalks, old corn stalks. And they're like, oh, this is weird, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. It's so, well, no. They go, hmm, that's weird. The phone line is cut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. not, not only are, did they roll through a deserted town and decide to stop, the last thing that happened to them was they saw a kid with a cut throat in the middle of a street. Like, they should already be terrified for their lives. Yeah, right. So they should, some kind of, like, rudimentary Kaiser Soze moment where you just <laughs> you see corn in two places and you just draw some parallels. Yeah, there's... They, they are not nearly scared enough to uh, uh, to be walking through this town. And the fact that they still have that dead kid and they're being so casual about everything, like, ugh, this... We, we have to get to a phone for sure, but we should probably walk around this town a little bit. <laughs> it yeah. seems nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He wants to get down to the bottom of what's going on there, you know? <laughs> he wants to... These poor country folk don't know how to take care of themselves and he's here... To solve the problems. Yeah, and I feel like at one point he does. I think he fancies himself a detective because at one point he. Oh, I think it's with the suitcase. He's like, you should open it. Could be a clue in there. Oh, yeah, he does say a clue. (laughs) (laughs) Clues don't happen in the real world. I've never found a clue. Yeah, he actually. He doesn't say what he's getting his doctorate in, so maybe it's sleuthing. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's going to be a medical doctor with a focus in in sleuthing. Yeah. 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 House MD started that way. <laughs> um, yeah, they they have no. Well, the thing is, they do care, but just sporadically, right? Yeah. Only when it's convenient to them. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right, they're not like God. Let's find this kid's parents whose corpse we have. It's sort of like a vague quest for a phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they seem to have lost sight. Yeah, it's like they can't remember that far back. They don't. They know they're looking for a phone, but they don't know why. That's a good way to think about this movie as we go forward. Yeah, they, people keep forgetting what they should be focused yeah. on. Yeah, like, he keeps splitting up with her. Right, if it's yeah. longer than one scene ago, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no wonder he has so much trouble with commitment. Right. He, uh, like, every morning he wakes up and he's like, who is this woman singing to me? I, I don't recognize her at all. I better applaud politely. <laughs> right. And, and, and not have sex with her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, is that the point? They split up, and then I guess they... Well, no, then they then they go to the house, and they, they find Sarah. Uh, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. And, and she- there's there's some more Joby narration uh, prior to this that really made me laugh, where uh, he's like, Job is talking about the town. He says, we weren't the only ones who thought Isaac was weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird? Well, weird is your issue? The, for the, the kid who killed your parents and every adult, you know? That Isaac, he's kind of a weirdo. He's a, he's a real weirdo. Yeah, he's a uh, little out of left field for my liking. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked about on The Shining, when we talked about The Shining, uh, not on the TV show The Shining, <laughs> we weren't on it, and we didn't talk about this, um, how... Uh, the actor who played Danny didn't know what the movie was about. Like, he was kind of kept in the dark on sort of the plot points. Right. He didn't know it was a horror movie. Yeah. And you kind of get that vibe based on the tone of the narration. Yeah. Almost yeah. like they're, they, yeah. yeah, they told him that he was making like a camp movie. Yeah. Right. 
all the the tone of his voiceover is very like I'm just a boy with my dog. Yeah, like it's right. it should be a Homeward Bound kind of movie <laughs> that he's yeah. narrating. Like if this movie ended with him going and the rest is history, <laughs> you would not be surprised. Yeah, he has like a lot of little like goofy jokey moments where he's like come on mister <laughs> and like late in the movie when he shows up and the guy tells him to go back in the barn the barn uh after he saves his life he goes excuse me oh yeah, yeah. he's very precocious yeah he's so precocious but uh he also oh did you guys scream into a pillow when he said ossifer <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Uh, yeah, the blue man. <laughs> the yeah. blue man. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. He's awful. He's a terrible kid actor, and I'm not ashamed to say it. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, Robbie Kiger. I'm looking at his name. Yeah, yeah. He was uh he was also in uh the Monster Squad. Yeah, which oh, uh, which I I love that movie. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick's The Monster Squad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's like the Goonies, but with all the Universal monsters. How mm. can that's that's a win. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, for... I knew he was vaguely, vaguely familiar, but I couldn't place him. Yeah, yeah. it's a real win for film buff eight year olds. So we uh, we also we get a little bit more Mordecai too. Uh, we yeah. get we, we get learn their, about Mordecai. Yeah, we get there the whole Mordecai Isaac dynamic. Is uh, it's um... you're talking about the Johnny Depp character of Mordecai, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he shows up with his his quirky outfit. Well, yeah, this is now the ten minute segment that we insert into every episode where we talk about the movie Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'm ready. <laughs> I've seen enough billboards to know. <laughs> right, you know what it is. That you you are correct. It is Malachi. <laughs> oh wow, Snide. Snotty roundabout way of correcting you on, on his face. Yeah. Oh, boy. There was a sequel, and I think in the sequel, uh, there is a Mordecai who I believe, uh, you know, Ted Travelstead? Yes. AKA Cake of Twitter. He uh, he had a role in Children of the Corn 2. Um, not to jump off, but uh, he actually was a kid actor in that movie and I think his character's name was Mordecai. Mordecai. So Yeah, right. I always I'd see that in his bio and I was never sure if it was some sort of joke. Yeah. I but... used to think that too. And <laughs> I think I tweeted about Children of the Corn once and he sent me a thing. He was like, Hey did you know I was I was like, Oh wow, all right. Or somebody somebody probably added him and he was probably embarrassed. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, think I was gonna say that's weird that he just like he kind of jumped on it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm taking that back. He did yeah. not do that. His Google <laughs> alert went off. Yeah. Well, that's definitely who I was talking about a minute ago. And, <laughs> and now back I to this movie. Deep to the corn kids verse. I think. <laughs> um. So Malachi, Malachi oh. and Isaac. Yes, their dynamic. And Isaac is very. He's very like old looking. Well, we yeah. said that already, yes. Rob. He looks like an old lady, but uh, <laughs> he's very like he's the prophet. He's the guy. He's in charge. It's like a Lenin Trotsky relationship. Yes. Right? Yeah. Ooh. I was trying to think of a smart way to put that, and that's good. Ah, uh, yes. I read Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but we we get more of uh, Malachi and his his whole deal. He's much more let him bleed. He's yeah. he's a friggin' scene scene stealer. This, yes, he this is. More, this, Malachi. Honestly, to me, he's the hero of this movie. I, I really, I mean, in the sense of like, he was the part that my that I latched on to. You know, seeing it in high school, he's so memorable. 
and uh, so extreme. But what I love well, about yeah, him, because women want him and men want to be him. <laughs> who can resist? Who can resist? He, uh, and he he believes passionately. His methods are extreme. They're unorthodox. But he, you know, he's passionate about what he's doing, and I just admire that in in a teenage murderer. <laughs> also, uh, like Bowie. <laughs> he's the thin white duke of nebraska <laughs> i feel like everyone in nebraska is the thin white duke of nebraska <laughs> would you say at this point he's in his berlin bowie phase? <laughs> <laughs> he's discovered cocaine yeah are they like bowie and iggy is that the yeah. dynamic here oh yes i love that i guess he'd be iggy though yeah, he, yeah right yeah isaac might be lou reed maybe oh that's good too <laughs> this is I love the certainty that like we're having a conversation for the first time in human history. <laughs> <laughs> this hasn't happened yet. Um, I think my next clip actually is of uh, it's Malachi just uh, chewing scenery. So uh, let's see what happens when I hit play. Take them back where they were. But they had a game in music. They're forbidden. Yeah, I just like that because he kind of accidentally slips into like a surfer patois. Yeah, yeah that was one of the questions I was going to raise about Malachi. Like, I think part of why he stood out to me is when I was young, I didn't realize that he's he's so Californian. His accent is so like, like you know, and it's he's... yeah, and like nothing exaggerates that accent more than like speaking in Bible verse lingo. Right. Like, <laughs> Thou he hast committed a transgression, my yeah. dude. Outlander. <laughs> Outlander. Outlander. Yeah. Yeah, just like, Show like yourself, bro. Malachi's family, like, he grew up in Orange County, but when he, when he was, like, 11, they moved to Gatlin, Nebraska. So he was he, an out, yeah, he was an outsider already. Yeah, he was already an he, outlander, right. He went all in. He just really embraced the lifestyle and uh, <laughs> found a way to be popular in this new school. <laughs> um actually my next clip is outlander if you want to yeah if you want me to play that it's gonna take a second there's like a seven second gap between all the clips all right well because i'm an idiot and fat outlander! that's it <laughs> i was thinking of like getting like a nice chunk yeah. but that seemed more potent to me that's good yeah yeah we have your woman outlander <laughs> Right. We got your check. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, but okay, Bert and uh, Linda Hamilton, they split. They at this point, they're in the house and they split up when they find Sarah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Linda Hamilton stays with Sarah, and Bert goes off, fucks off and does something else. He's yeah, he has no motivation even. He has no real reason yeah, to leave. No, He's just like, wanderlust. Town hall. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even go to town hall. He goes to like the school. Yeah. And everyone else, but- he goes yeah. to a different building with columns. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking this all the way to City Hall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is an outrage. <laughs> and uh, and Malachi, that's when Malachi and his his whole gang, they they come and they steal into Hamilton. Mm. And they're at, for whatever reason they they don't kill her right away. Like you don't know yet what's going on. They're mm-hmm. just like he, he. We'll just we'll take you for now, and then we'll sort this all out later. We've been right. killing everybody up until this point, but right now. You're coming with us. Yeah, it's, there's, it's like all adults must die, but you know, not deal for a long time and not her immediately. Their philosophy is not consistent it, at all. No, it is not. This is a, a scathing indictment of organized religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. They try but... to make it one. I know. Yeah, that honestly, like, you can't have your protagonist be a blowhard like Bert ends up being. Right. 
It's so, yeah. so unbecoming. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If only there were an on-the-nose discussion of religion at some point in this movie, <laughs> oh where my. he really yeah, because yeah. it wasn't apparent what this movie was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, if we couldn't have, uh, can we can we shoehorn two of them in? Can we have two <laughs> scenes where he, he just really tears a, tears religion a new one? <laughs> yeah, even though he's a character who has no real like, we haven't set him up as someone who cares about that kind of thing really. Not like, at all. I mean, he's a man, man of science. science. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you could have gotten in on that too, but <laughs> coastal thing, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it's that Skype delay, but <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah ag- aggressive atheism. I guess was one of the medical courses he took in his four years. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's something you leave behind freshman year, though. <laughs> it ought to be at least. Um, yeah. So where are we at in the movie, Rob? Uh, Ground well, me at this point. I think. Uh, Bert is looking for looking for his woman, mm. and uh, that's when he stumbles into that church where they're gonna uh, it, the human <laughs> sacrifice church. Oh, that's, that kid who's like so stoked to get murdered. The guy from Point oh, Break <laughs> was it? Oh yeah. Oh man, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, Amos, yeah. Amos, Keanu. The- Amos. Yeah, that is actually uh, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> no <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and he really did cut that pentagram into his chest too. Patrick, people don't know that about Patrick. Well, he was method. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... He filled it in for all of it. It's unfortunate because he took he takes his shirt off in every movie he's in. Well, after. hey, it's un- it's unfortunate if you're an editor if you got to go in post if you got to edit that out of every shot. But you got to work around the Swayze. Yeah, <laughs> that that old saying that floated around Hollywood for yeah. decades. <laughs> You've got to work around Swayze's self-inflicted pentagram. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll the that's the unabridged version. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's yeah, the but first right, time that, that kid can't wait to die, and who can blame him? I mean, living where he lives, I, Nebraska. I so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been listening to their radio. I don't. I don't. Much this care. is we've just stumbled into our morning zoo show, Dan and the Misogynist. Ooh, uh, oh, all right. That's enough of that. <laughs> and segment over. No. That, was a, that was a brief segment. I'm looking forward to editing that out. <laughs> that was a Swayze's pentagram of a segment. Um, but that's all right. So Bert gets his first chance to really <laughs> lay into religion. Oh man, he's been he's he's wanted to the whole movie, ever since he turned that radio station onto the preacher. He's like, oh, this is I gotta I gotta. I gotta do this. Take these children down a peg. Yeah, I gotta take them to task for yeah. this. Right. Uh, and uh, and that- he's been in the middle of like he when there's a again a, the corpse of a child in his car and he's actively looking for his white or his 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 woman right. who he's uh, scared about. But he he immediately falls into like smug. <laughs> right. Like, he he right. takes a break from all that. All to, uh, that big city talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ever the motivations in this movie are just so inconsistent. Yes. Like to to go uh, freshman on this room full of children like that. Right. It's appalling. Like to the point where when he hits that kid with his car, you half expect him to be like, "Well, life doesn't even matter anyway. <laughs> right. Like everything's meaningless." So. Uh. But he gets he gets fucking stabbed in that church. Yeah, he does. He gets stabbed in the chest, in the chest <laughs> and doesn't much seem to mind. It, it, like it clearly is going through his right lung. Like yeah, he, is, yeah. he is sucking blood into his you know into his lungs for the rest of the movie. As a doctor, he should know that he got stabbed <laughs> in the lung. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah. And then is that when he? What happens right after he? Then he? Oh, uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> then he he just sort of runs off. Yeah, then he goes and checks out a few more buildings. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, he needs to see. I love how I love how the corn kids. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I love how you've adopted corn kids so readily. <laughs> I, this is what I'm going to call this movie for the rest of my life. <laughs> Just uh, in case you ever need to write it out in like a thesis paper or anything, it's kids with a Z at the end. Nice. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they do like to have fun. Yeah. They, <laughs> right. It's like kids bop. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but the only song they do is that one Linda Hamilton sings. Corn <laughs> kids pop. It's well, one track. No, they do songs from Lin Manuel Miranda's Hamilton because that's kind of like her name. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mordecai comes out halfway through. The- there you go. <laughs> Are you guys tired from that walk around the park I just took you on? <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, I love how they leave corn in things. Like that's their deal. Like they—they—that's their the calling car. card. Yeah, like they <laughs> filled the. They filled, before they kidnapped Linda Hamilton. They filled the car with corn, which I guess broke it. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he gave up so quickly. So, <laughs> he didn't even try to start it. Whatever. I'm not a doctor of cars. <laughs> right. Uh, looks like a bunch of corn grew out of my car. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, we'll walk twenty miles in the evening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After seeing some real fucked up shit, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's even yeah. like to the point where she's even like, "Are you sure you're okay to walk?" And he's right. like, "Yeah. No, I just got stabbed in the chest. It's fine. <laughs> okay." Yeah. Like two hours later. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Well, the I know I was looking at all the things they put corn on, and my favorite was <laughs> in one of the houses. I noticed in the background there's a painting of Jesus. Yeah, but they, they glued corn husks over Jesus's hair. Didn't they? Didn't they also paint his face blue to make him like the police officer? Uh, the blue oh. man. Excuse me, Ossifer. The Ossifer. Yeah. The blue man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. I think so. And then they also cut out googly eyes and put them on that other painting. <laughs> but that that was like, ugh, that felt also like a statement was trying to be made because they glued an ape into it, and I don't know what the statement was. But I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a Banksy. <laughs> yeah, the whole set, all the houses. I was like, I bet the people who worked in this had fun, like decorating. You know, oh, what what do all the crazy places going to look like? What what are the slogans that the kids will have painted on the walls and put on the chalkboards? But it seems like none of the PAs who did that got together and like agreed on a theme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no consistent messaging, and like like they so they believe in corn jesus but they also like pentagrams like yeah that that was about a god but are they but they worship a demon like it's not clear y- you know i couldn't help noticing that <laughs> um there was oh, never mind i forget what i was gonna say no it i don't know i felt like this up until like the last act of this movie there was very little to latch on to as far as like likable characters or <laughs> story yeah or like like wanting to finish the movie, like I have to, like a burning desire to see how this ends. Like, yeah, I, it seemed like they didn't care if they lived or died. No, not right. at all. There was very little impetus to get to the next scene. Right. Um, <laughs> when the kids are are patching up Bert in that in their like uh, little basement, their commie bomb shelter. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, that's right. <laughs> he's like his his woman has been has been kidnapped, and he's like <laughs> he's cracking wise. With these right. kids, <laughs> it's like oh, and the Joby, he's being he's being like uh, the little grown up of the bunch, and 
it's it's very uh you know what let's talk about joby because i think he's developmentally disabled and i'll tell you why <laughs> no, no no we're not in dangerous territory this is a solid theory oh good um <laughs> so okay the movie takes place three years before the narration correct well no it the the intro scene takes place three years when they get killed in the diner that's three years and then it takes and then it says now when when linda hamilton and bird are driving around it's now damn it okay he's fine have i have i shot holes in your theory yeah my (laughs) dumb theory (laughs) for mean people my thing was just going to be that he still talks like a little kid three years later. Oh, it's true. He well, he hasn't aged at all in I, those three years. I guess right? if yeah, that's got to be pretty traumatic. I guess you'd like kind of fix yourself to the last time you felt okay. Yeah, I'm still eight. <laughs> <laughs> like um, oh man, Andy Richter on Thirty oh, yeah. Rock. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he didn't physically age either, nor did his sister, right? Like, all the kids seem to be the exact same age in that opening scene as they are three years later. Yeah, right. It's, it's almost like they made a deal with the devil. <gasps> <gasps> but they didn't because it's the, they don't say that at no. all. They don't, they don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah, never get that specific. Right. No. And, like, we, uh, I, I said to Rob before that... It's weird because, like, with a movie like Christine, they don't have to explain anything for you to be on board with it. Right. You, they're just like, this is a demon car. End of story. Enjoy the ride. Pun yeah. fully intended. <laughs> um, but that it it's but that's it, it also just works better that way. Especially with horror movies, it's just better if you're you're dropped into it and mm-hmm. you're like, I don't don't explain too much. Give me like the absolute minimum explanation and and let's go. But unfortunately, if you're inventing a new religion, there's a lot of explanation you need to give. <laughs> and none of it is about how long it takes blood to coagulate. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they, and they, they, they get in that church scene that, that Rob mentioned, they, they, uh, they're cutting blood and putting, they, they drink each other's blood and that's part of it too, but that never comes up again. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. They drink like, blood out of corn, out of it's corn bowls. Like, <laughs> it's, it's almost like children shouldn't be designing cults. I just feel like they're not ready. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They're, they're you know what? That's a failure of our public school system. <laughs> and I don't want to get political right now. No, I hear you though. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, we can talk offline about that. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of jump ahead. Cause we're, we're running low on time a little bit. Okay. Um, you basically find out that the demon is a giant Bugs Bunny who burrows underground <laughs> just below the surface, and and that's all fine and good. Um, he takes a wrong turn at Albuquerque. And he wants <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we well, Ma- uh, Malachi does turn on Isaac, and they throw yeah. him up in his on a, on the corn cross. That's right. That's important to mention. Yes, Isaac's and, on the corn cross. Right, and uh, and the the. The one who walks behind the rose, which is what they call their their god, their guy. I thought yeah. you were gonna say, yeah, their Marin, their, their main dude. <laughs> yeah, um, he like he, right, like he burrows under the ground, and then he comes up, and he like there's a terrible special <sighs> effect of him turning like reddish, and yeah. he's colored in a little bit, and then the the corn cross shoots out <laughs> of the ground, oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a rocket. <laughs> 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 and you i felt I, like you that could was the funniest thing <laughs> it didn't it almost feel like you could hear like the pneumatic yeah. like foom of, of it flying off yes yeah oh um, my god that was so terrible yeah and then you know isaac comes back he's all he's isaac the gray now right and right. he uh 
And he wants that Malachi. Yeah, let me get some of that sweet, sweet Malachi. Yeah. Um, and he does. <laughs> and he does. So then um, Bert takes a second opportunity to chastise the kids who weren't at the chapel. Right. Which yeah, right. This, this uh, is a, a new segment that we're doing, right, called uh, Oh, This Hurts My Parts. Oh, that hurts my parts. Right. Uh, yes. Hold on, I got to pull up the... Uh, <laughs> oh, we have a thing? Yeah, we got a thing. All okay. right, this is, oh, that hurts my parts. Oh, that hurts my parts. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's from Silver Bullet, Sean. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's what you're in for. Yeah. Um, which, it, this is, this segment is all about the, my, like, my least favorite, our least favorite scene in the movie. Yes. And for me, it's that the second scene where Bert is lecturing these kids out in the cornfield about how the uh, all the, the downfall, the pitfalls of religion. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Mine was it mine was Zuby Zoo. <laughs> we've we've spoken at length about Zuby Zoo. That's fair, yeah. Sean, what really both terrible. what hurt your parts? Oh man, well that uh, one thing I wanted to say about that uh, that corn scene that Rob mentioned, it's uh it's it, he has literally just seen proof that this thing is real. He has just seen <laughs> in, in terrible effect. He has just seen it take over Isaac's body in a red storm of like video toaster effects. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that and, was the issue that he was just like, "That's not real"? Yeah, well, I don't, it's like because, it, but because even very early in the movie, he walks up to some corn and it magically parts open for him. Mm, yes, a path. yeah. It, that he doesn't. He that doesn't alarm or you know that doesn't raise any questions for him at all. So he's witnessed you know actual evil miracles. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately follows that by like chastising them, and I guess he's not—he's not really saying it's not real at that point. He's saying any religion that that is not founded on love and kindness is will fail. And so suddenly, it's like it's not that he's anti-religion; it's that he wants to tell them what a good religion would be. I don't know. Which yeah. is like uh, that might even be a little worse. I can't decide. But like, yeah, he's all he's all free love, man. And Malachi's accent is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that scene when he's given that speech about how love, uh, uh, a religion based on love, is the answer, and all of the kids are like looking at each other, like, yeah, you know what? He's right. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with that? You? Oh, did we really kill our parents, guys? Yeah. Oh, what a goof. <laughs> Yeah. All we needed was this guy that we've never met before <laughs> to to give us one other option possibly <laughs> to think about. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't does it I think he thinks that uh he did that, but it was really just the two leaders dying. Right. Like he they loosen the jar, the lid <laughs> on the jar. Right. Completely. Thing, yeah. Yeah. It was gonna fall apart whether these people showed up or not. Yeah. Um Yeah. So then, uh, then we're they, you know, they douse the cornfield in gasoline, and then they set it on fire, and then you see a cartoon demon face in the smoke. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and then you're not scared, and then the end of the movie happens. Yeah, that was uh, one of the biggest disappointments is how not scary this movie yeah. is. Well, I, all right, here's a question. Yeah, how much scarier is this movie if there's no supernatural element? Yeah. 100 well yeah yeah right if it's just a cult yes a cult the movie yeah no no no, go ahead go ahead well it leaves no question it leaves no question like it'd be like from early on it's very clear there is something supernatural 
and they could have at least kept it going until the very end to keep you uncertain about whether Isaac was just making it all up or, you know, there was something. It would have been a lot more interesting that way. Of, yeah, of course. It, like, but, and I guess we can get into our King Tropes segment where we talk about tropes that we've noticed in other Stephen King movies. Right. Because one of them, a big one for him, is making inanimate objects extremely supernatural in a way that totally kills the buzz. <laughs> So in this case, it's stalks of corn. Right. Yeah. Suddenly at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when they start grabbing at Bert. Oh my god. They wrap them up, and, and it's very easy to get out of it. So easy. So easy. <laughs> so easy. And I feel like as he's cutting, uh, I think yeah, Joby comes along and helps him. And as they're cutting, the, like you can kind of hear the demon scream. Scream. Yep, a little yep. bit. Yep. Ah, like, my one flaw being corn. <laughs> right. Like haven't they been farming this corn? Like I, they've got uh, corn everywhere. Yeah. They, they've filled down with corn husk so they obviously cut corn down they use it for everything but but it pains the monster whenever they hurt the corn it seems like a terrible system <laughs> absolutely it's not a good god i mean <laughs> however i did just uh i've been reading uh let's see what's it called salt sugar fat and the omnivores dilemma so maybe this movie's just a scathing indictment of the farming industrial complex but i don't want to get political <laughs> i want to get into it Okay, I don't, I don't want to get it. Yeah, yeah. At, at in the schools. Okay. <laughs> um, I got a lot of strong opinions. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's the inanimate object, um, corn. I would consider a trope based on its yep. prevalence in Secret Window. Yeah, well, yeah, like thing like just inanimate objects coming to life mm. and attacking. Yeah, like the fire hose in Carrie. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, like uh, in Christine. Christine. <laughs> the whole. F- yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's in just book, a thing. In the book of The Shining, the boiler is kind of an inanimate, alive thing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, we're gonna get to it, the the Shining miniseries from the nineties, the um, uh, the hedge animals that oh, come yeah. to life. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah. I and, they did that the- and Rob, you told me that uh, the hose in Carrie is actually originally from The Shining, right? I, I believe, or yes, a, it's based on a dream Stephen King had that <laughs> well, while he, he used was to staying, write the shine. Yeah, he was staying at a haunted hotel, <laughs> and he had a dream about a fire hose chasing his his son <laughs> down the hallway, and then he woke up and wrote it down. Basically, the di- <laughs> I feel like the difference between me and Stephen King is that I can recognize a bad idea when I see one, and he <laughs> yeah. just extrapolates his into best selling novels. Yeah, just yeah. uber confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, because he has great ideas, but he also has some of the dumbest ideas. <laughs> no, yeah, like I, it. It feels like every time he gets close, he fucks it up with one dumb detail. Yeah, like, uh, like uh, Corn Kids here is based on a short story, and yeah. I feel like that's probably better. Yeah, it's probably where it should have stayed. <laughs> Did you see where it was originally published? Because I looked it up, I didn't know. No, it was, ori- it was originally published in Penthouse. Oh, not <laughs> even the, Playboy. Ooh. No, yeah. The, I didn't know that they published fiction. Uh, the, uh, and I'm not saying that to act like I've never looked at a penthouse. I, I have. But I didn't know that they, But, yeah, I guess whatever the original version of Children of the Corn first appeared in Penthouse. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Sean Thomason, sexually active man. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, just no, you're just a, you're, uh, you have an artist's eye. Is it, That's right. You're a cultural critic. Yeah, so other king tropes. Second sight comes up in this movie. Oh, yes, it I does. I talk about that. Yeah, the girl and her drawings. I, 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 yeah, just much like The Shining, right? I mean. 
Yeah, The Shining, I feel like they're um, to a lesser... Well, Dead Zone 2, we saw a little bit of that. Yeah, Second Sight is a thing that uh, comes up all the time. He loves that friggin' Second Sight. Yeah. Um... <laughs> and that's Even when it doesn't seem to fit into the cosmology of the particular movie, no, like, no, like in a in a world of like demons and gods, you you think like they would just kind of stick to more of like the Judeo Christian structures of things, yeah. But right. no, he just it's it's always a second sight. No, I didn't. Like, and Isaac knows about it too. Isaac's like she has the sight. Like yeah. oh, so this is this is part of your deal, Isaac. You, yeah, the sight. it's like well, a like, thing you look for for a guy who's trying to like rule. Like for yeah. a guy who's trying to be a tyrant, he's pretty open about the fact that he's not the conduit for, <laughs> for like supernatural ability. It's yeah. this little little girl. Yeah, now, he is really setting himself up for Malachi to uh, to take him out. Yeah, I don't know if I did. I I don't. I may have missed it, but she never draws like the corn on fire and the demon being burnt up or anything like that, right? She someone. Does she does someone does because it's in the school. It's not her though. It's a much better drawing. Really, it's a dragon blowing fire onto the field. Well, I, oh, thought right. it, I thought it was a dragon blowing fire onto uh, Linda Linda Hamilton. Let's go with that. All right, All right. <laughs> Well, she's in the field, so you're both right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, Sean, you got to be on every episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was elegant. Hairs. What you just did. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the last trope I want to talk about, yep. and we don't have to get too much into it, but uh, just the adult-child platonic relationship yes. element of things. Um, a, Where Joby is the adult <laughs> and Bert is the child, right? Yeah. That's what yeah, we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> All the adults in this movie are the children. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there is that weird end scene where they just kind of uh, de facto adopt these kids. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the movie, and I guess they're trying to act like there was an, a character arc here where Bert, who started out as a commitment phobe, is now like, I guess we can bring these oh, kids. Yeah, that's right. Because right. there was the that movie, one line in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But the movie did no work towards that. You know, it's like there, he didn't change. He's the same jerk. Nothing changes for him. He starts out snobby about small town corn people. He winds up being right about everything. He tells, <laughs> tells them all, and then he just leaves. He just leaves them. I mean, I guess he takes those kids, but uh, he 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 leaves the town to go be in Seattle. And you know what else he leaves is that little boy in the trunk because they yeah abandoned the yeah car. well yeah and uh. that and that girl that he that come like pops out of the back seat and they, the one yeah. he yeah the one he knocks out in the door <laughs> in the car door. I would say that's the scene that hurt my parts the most. Is yeah. that final? They they try to do that Jason ending where she jumps out and yeah. then he just sort of like awkwardly knocks her out with the car door yeah they're like then, sorry go yeah. ahead go ahead go oh, ahead and then she like yeah linda hamilton says like oh what are you gonna do or i don't know what are we gonna do about her and she makes some snarky comment about how they're just gonna leave and then they just leave it's like <laughs> it's, it's like why even have that conversation why have that jump out why have any of it like the movie as bad as the corn fire whatever was like that's where it obviously you know should have ended and instead, it ends with this scene that just dribbles down the leg of like, like <laughs> oh, like oh yeah, startle moment. But then there's a long another you know, which this movie is full of an awkward exchange, and then it just sort of, all right, I guess we're done, and they walk away from the car. Yeah, yeah, and but- we've talked about on uh, specifically the Cujo episode the end? how the movie like there's more than one of them though where they just kind of like end at, at just like at a moment's notice. Yeah, like just very suddenly credits. Uh, to the point where Cujo ends with a literal freeze frame. <laughs> right. Like oh, it's man. an episode of Three's Company. <laughs> Which I suppose it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, you almost kind of want that in this movie. It when the when it says the end on the screen and everybody's still like kind of walking around in the background like did they, I, I I got like I like did they know that the camera is still on? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's a wrap, everybody. I guess we'll just we'll just let this yeah. reel burn out. Yeah, we then... have the field for the rest of the day. If you yeah. want to eat some raw corn, <laughs> I don't know. It was so strange. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to our in memoriam section. It's a short one. Oh. This is a new segment, which is a shame because there's only one uh, one death to talk about. Our in right. memoriam section is just where we. Uh, remember those who died for literally no reason. Yeah, the the actual innocent people that died. Yes. Uh, in most cases, it's a much longer list. But right. today, we remember... The dog. S- Sarge the dog. Right. Oh, uh, Sarge. Yeah. Poor Sarge. Poor... The only, the only likable character. <laughs> <laughs> and even he was a bit much. He was right. a little slow on the draw with that wrench. Yeah, he died as he lived. Uh, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, and that would bring us to our final segment, which is called I am DB, which is, it works better on paper. Um, this is basically where we look at the IMDB user rating for the movie and we, uh, weigh our opinions against the opinions of the greater film viewing community. Right. Ah, nice. The experts. Yes. The psychopaths (laughs) who comment on IMDB. That leave, uh, right. Stars. So today, Sean, we're looking at a 5.6 out of 10 stars. Mm. How do you, how do you feel about that? A little high. Uh, (laughs) It's very high. Yeah, I'd knock it down. Uh, I'd put this at a (laughs) 2.9. I think that's fair. Yeah, I would would say it's... Yeah, I Uh, was going to put it about a 3.5. I think this is a real low point. Like, we just came out of 1983 Stephen King movies. We just watched a goddamn John Carpenter movie. Yeah, And and before that, a David Cronenberg movie. And before that, a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah. Yeah. And a George Romero. Like, we had a lot to... Yeah. But it was all building up to a Fritz Kirsch movie. (laughs) Right. We we used to have a lot to look forward to with this show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, no, this is... um, it sort of seems like the beginning of when like when they can they could take Stephen King movies and turn them into like a, just a cheap horror movie that we could get out fast kind of a thing. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I I watch a lot of bad horror movies, you know, and and this one rises barely above the lowest budget ones really. <laughs> like in terms of like the script and any of it making sense and I mean, you know, you have some recognize one recognizable actor, maybe two, but they, uh, yeah, yeah. I, there's not, it's got. I, I still have a fondness for it, mostly based on Malachi and, of course, Sarge. Right, but of uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a very unsettling. But I but it's it also is kind of watchable. So maybe I'm going to bump it up to a three two because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think I would stumble across it on TBS and I would wind up watching it. So that says something. And there. again, very funny. Um, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I we we ha- I know we're running low on time, but yeah. we have to talk about this real quick. This is one of the only Stephen King movies to have a sequel, and it's and then it six has more after that. The one? most sequels. It has like seven sequels. Yeah, let's, it's insane. What do we think is so enduring about this concept? <laughs> like. They- they, they do the leprechaun in the hood thing in one of them. I saw. I remember they they, took, they take it to the city and uh, I think what? 
Yeah, I, I saw it with uh, – it's another one I saw with my friend back in the day, and I, and I don't remember it too well. But uh, some some descendants of this cult survive or something. Uh, I think it becomes a kid named Eli who kind of takes over the Isaac Eli. position. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, he, they move to the city, him and his family, and there's like a little patch – like a dirt patch between Jesus two Christ. tall apartment buildings and he starts growing corn there. Oh. And I guess that's all you need to get a little, a cute little version of he who walks by, behind the rose. Yeah, well, I'm no, excited to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. That's crazy. I mean, I guess it, it doesn't make sense to do it to in a city because to me, like the appeal as like a producer, as a maker of B movies, like the, the draw here is you shoot it in a cornfield. Yeah. Right? It like, costs it, nothing. Yeah. You shoot it in a flyover state. And you, yeah, it, it's it's virtually free, right? As right. far as making movies goes, but like shooting in a city that seems so right, antithetical got, yeah, to the, the then whole you concept. Flying children some of corn. the corn, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it kills the the creepy element. And the reason this seems like it's going to be a scary movie is that it's like, oh, it would be scared to be trapped in a cornfield, like being chased by murderous children. But that doesn't really happen. Like <laughs> they, they just do ceremonies in the cornfield. It's yeah. not like no, you know, they like, catch them in yeah. town, right. right? Out in the open. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other way they kept the movie cheap. Of course, is the whole thing is shot during daytime, except for that <laughs> one final sequence, mm. and that's so much cheaper. It's but the, it's also a problem. Horror movies that are all in daylight don't tend to be that scary. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was very surprised even that they um, managed to shoot on an overcast day for the. Uh, the scenes with I can't remember his name now. The townie, uh, deal, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. some of it was clearly green screened. I think when the well, yeah. clouds are rolling in, yes. in, in like double time. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, but I was even surprised that they were like, all right, <laughs> like there, there was that much thought put into this movie. <laughs> yeah, they even worked that out. Yeah. Um. Well, so that's I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I feel. I feel Sean, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, uh, riff tracks, I guess. Uh, people go <laughs> rifftracks.com, check it out. Hey, we we do a lot of bad movies. We do a lot of bad horror movies. So if you're if you're into that, you might enjoy rifftracks.com. All right, Sean. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. And uh, and uh, yeah, and you know, check out some of those sequels because they really, really uh, somehow only get worse. <laughs> yeah, we're we'll, we're going to be looking at all of those sequels. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Godspeed God to you, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's that one show where they watch Grown Ups every day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we have it way worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not yeah. to feel like that. I agree. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, um, I was going to say thanks for coming on the show, and I still am going <laughs> to. So thanks for coming on the show, right. Sean. Thank you, thanks, Sean. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. All right. Oh, wait. We have a sign-off. Oh. Steve. Oh, wait. Sean, do you want to say the sign-off with us? Sure. What's the sign-off? We say Stephen King in a long, slow voice. Okay. All right. Ready? <laughs> Stephen King. Under the outdoor with the steamboats, ancient goblins.